Hey guys, Veronica, Andrew, and Nate here. We are Foodies Watching Movies, a podcast dedicated to awesome movies, great food, and that's about it. Check us out on the JIC Network at www.journeyintocomics.com. Maybe throw some money over to our Patreon so we can eat this week. And now your feature presentation. The following is a Journey to Comics Network production. From a college campus in the middle of nowhere, USA, it's time for the Nor Report with your host, Joanna Norris. Hello, everyone. I'm Joanna. And I'm Mish. And this is the Nor Report. Now, you may be wondering who the hell are these people and where the hell is Andrew? Well,. To start, Andrew's not here, and it's April Fool's week, so you get to listen to us instead. <laughs> yay! <laughs> I hope it's yay. I hope you like fictional worlds. But, <laughs> you know, this is more of a serious show, but we come from Lit, the literature podcast. <laughs> so this Where it is, is not. <laughs> so this is going to be more Harry Pottery. And as serious as we would like to get. Seriously. <laughs> if if you, <laughs> yeah, it's only funny if you're seeing the spelling and thinking a serious black, but. <laughs> but now that she's explained it, it's not as funny. So let's move on. <laughs> I do that so often. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But we are going to talk about the social injustices. In Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Just a few. I mean, there's a lot, but we don't want to sit here all day. No. So let's start with... The freedom with of the, speech. Yes, the freedom of speech. And how there's only one newspaper that everybody gets. The Daily Prophet. That's the only newspaper you ever really hear of, other than the Quibbler and... Which nobody takes seriously, and it has, it's been deemed irrelevant, and it's basically just a gossip tabloid. Yeah. But, let's see, what did we read earlier? That the, the ministry has to approve every single thing that goes into the prof, Daily Prophet, and they're very biased. Mm-hmm. Like, once we get to when Voldemort's coming out, you know, the ministry doesn't want everybody to know, so they just start putting down Censoring. Dumbledore and Harry, and they're just wanting, making it to where everyone's going to believe what they want them to believe. Like, how fucked up is that? Completely. <laughs> and it, it gets to the point where they will only print what the minister is accepting, and they have actually started banning the quibbler because of its its willingness to publish anything. Yeah. Oh, the ministry. That gets so dark later in the books. It does. So another thing that's really messed up in the ministry that I've noticed is the vast wage difference between many of the workers. 
So we did some research and found that the minister himself makes over $200,000 a year um, U.S. money uh, as his wages, and the governors make about $100,000 a year. The, gov- the minister himself makes quadruple that of the Aurors, who, although they make a decent living at 51000 a year, still isn't nearly as much as the department workers who get paid minuscule amounts compared to everybody else. Yeah, and even at that, the Aurors, they're highly educated and way underpaid for how much work they put in to and how much they have to do. Like, they mm-hmm. risk their lives every day. And Arthur Weasley, which we've talked about on literature quite a few <laughs> times, he's so underpaid. So underpaid. He's barely making it. I know that they have a lot of kids, but I believe that they go to school for free. The only thing they have to pay for is, are their supplies. Mm-hmm. So at least there's that, but... Yeah, we haven't been able to find how much department workers get paid, but I have found that it's approximately probably about $27,000 a year to $36,000 a year, which is nothing. Yeah, that is not livable, especially with that many kids. So they make it work. Mm -hmm. They make it work, but they're struggling. They should have a living wage where they can all have clothes and books and survive. Right. I think the ministry needs to work on this. Yeah. Work work on your wages, Ministry of Magic. <laughs> because it is very unfair. Honestly, they should have a strike. <laughs> they should just have a strike. I second that. Okay, another thing that is super unfair is the house elves, which we get to see a lot of that in the fifth book when Hermione starts spew. But the elves did not take that as well as I thought they would. No, (laughs) they are insulted. (laughs) Yeah. They are insulted by her want and her drive to help, um make their lives better in their eyes it seems to hinder their work i guess by her wanting to leave these things around the castle that they might find i think she only really leaves them in the gryffindor common room yeah she starts leaving so many like socks and hats so that if they are to touch anything in the Gryffindor common room, they're going to be free. They're not going to be enslaved anymore. So they're afraid to clean anything and they're afraid to do anything and they're not okay with it. But at the same time, they should get paid. And I mean, Dobby's all about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I guess the fact that they should get paid doesn't really matter if they don't want to be paid. Yeah, but they also have been conditioned to feel that way. They haven't got to experience being a free elf. (laughs) That is true. That is true. So another thing that's really unfair when it comes to a lot of the creatures in Harry Potter, 
let's just bring up, for example, the centaurs. The ministry starts taking away the land that they're allowed to be on. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they're losing places to hunt and eat. They're losing everything. Homes. They're losing their homes. They have to move. Like, how is that okay? How is the ministry allowed to be that controlling over everything? And who is there to appeal these lands being taken away? Do they just <clears throat> swoop in and take it and the centaurs get nothing for that? What do they get for that? That was theirs. I'm not sure. Like, I read somewhere that uh, the discrimination against centaurs and giants and werewolves and goblins and muggleborns is actually um, outlawed in a couple of the other wizarding uh, world. Because, like, we are just in talking about wizarding in uh, the, the UK, but there's many other places that have wizarding worlds, like, you know, Germany and France and stuff. And it's actually... Um, outlawed to be discriminatory against these races in other places. So it's really only this ministry that is being um, so prejudiced against these beings. So, yeah, I don't know who who at the ministry is making these rules against all of these creatures. So... Does it, by any chance in your research, is there a year in which all of that was implemented? Because when we're reading Harry Potter, I mean, we're a few years back. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, is modern day Ministry of Magic any better? <laughs> I, I haven't seen, like, a specific date, but I know that afterwards... Um, after all the books, that Hermione actually uh, took a job at the Ministry of Magic in the Magical Creatures Department, and she changed a lot of these rules and prejudices against these specific creatures um, before going on into magical law enforcement. So I, I assume that it is really thanks to her that the wizarding community is apparently now a bit more um, accepting of these species. Yeah. Go Hermione. Hermione knows <laughs> she, what's up. She really does. She is an exceptional, like, I mean, she started this when she was in what, year four? Year four or five, I think? Year five, right? I thought it was year five, but I could be wrong. It could be, we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's starting at such a young age, like she just really is She's an incredible an person, right? Yeah, exactly. And you have to admire her willingness to put herself out there like that. Yeah. And to even help the pe anyone, anyone who needs help, she's always there. In mm. the third book, we just read that Hermione helps Neville with his potion and everything. I mean, she has always been that person to help people out. So I'm glad that creatures and I magical mean, beings can have exactly. their lands and their rights because they have thoughts too. 
wasn't it year five? We also had a centaur for a teacher. And you're telling me that that guy does not have the <laughs> same rights as the person he's standing next to. But it's the exact same thing with Lupin. Like yeah. the discrimination against him. I know. It Wait. goes into the same category of, of prejudice and who's better than who. And like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you have to feel bad. I mean, even in the book, there are worse advances in that to where he could teach and not be violent when he turned. But mm-hmm. as soon as word got out that he was a werewolf. Then nobody wants to hear anything else. They yeah. don't want to accept the fact that he is just like everyone, just with a condition. Like, that's just yeah. basically all he has. He just has a medical condition. Yeah, that was stowed upon him. He was bit. He wasn't, he wasn't even born that way. He was bitten. This happened to him. Exactly. And it sucks because... As soon as it got out, he didn't even wait for the letters from parents to fly in because he's so used to it. He knew it was going to happen. Poor guy. I know. This whole thing just really pushes my buttons. Like, I, why they have to hate on all of these these creatures, I don't know. Right. Hurts my heart. I mean, it's not only that. They also turn on themselves and it's like the squibs. They have problems with, they have problems with Muggleborns, they have problems with everything, which I mean, leads right into our next point. Yeah, and it, when I'm thinking about this, I'm instantly thinking about how in book two, we learned that the Slytherin passcode was pure blood. Mm-hmm. Like that, that really brings up the whole blood status thing, right? Like it's... Yeah, like, if you're muggle-born, you're less magical than someone who's been pure blood forever. Right. And it... uh, I just don't understand why it makes a difference. Ever. It shouldn't. It, It really shouldn't. But, you know, and then all the slur words... Like mud blood that Hermione gets called many times by Malfoy, especially many times. So we also um, want to bring up that we have seen inconsistencies uh, in the justice system uh, revolving around the Ministry of Magic. Um, Harry receives a warning letter for a spell being performed by Dobby at the Dursleys' house. Um, yet, in the next book, he's not told off for blowing up his aunt, Marge, and is temporarily expelled in the book, I think, two books after that, uh, for performing a defensive spell against a Dementor. We see inconsistent law enforcement throughout the entire series, um, from that to Buckbeak's appeal, um, where the Justice brings the axe to the hearing and makes it very clear that the decision has already been made. And another point is when Sirius escapes Azkaban and the ministry decides that the Dementor's kiss can be performed on him. A change of sentence like this was never really approved by any um, any body of like the Wizamont or whatever they're called. Um, they just decided on the spot that uh, the murderer could be killed if found. And like, this is before we even find out that they actually sent 
uh, serious to Azkaban without a trial in the first place. Yeah, he never got to defend himself in any way. He was just thrown in there. Exactly. And, you know, that comes up with Hagrid, too, in book two. Mm-hmm. And, well, the ministry has to act. So they throw Hagrid in Azkaban, and he didn't do anything. And they do so without any form of a jury. Yeah, they do no nothing. At all. No. And even if there is a trial, they have no separation. Usually there's branches of the state, you know, uh, legislator, executive, judiciary. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Yeah, but there are def- the minister. Like, yeah, they just have him who basically takes everybody's account, but then makes the decisions and nobody really holds him accountable to any of the decisions he makes. And nobody even steps up and uh, disagrees with his decisions, really. Which I think the only make the best decisions all the he time. Does not. And I think the only one that they disagreed on was, I think, that Harry, um, the one where Harry actually gets expelled for performing defensive magic. I think that's the only one where people kind of stepped out against him. And yeah. because there was a fucking trial, <laughs> there was actually a, there was a trial for that. But murderers do not get trials. Okay, right. Exactly. Which I found really odd, you know, so it just shows how corrupt their whole legal system is. And I can't get over that. That's just boggles my mind. Yeah, it's like we get that you just had Voldemort like ruin all of your lives you need to be better at this and not just jump to conclusions and throw whoever in Azkaban because can you imagine how many innocent people are in there? Oh, I can imagine. I, I mean, mean, Sirius was in there for 12 years and he was innocent. Yeah. 12. Hagrid was in there for what, like a week or two. He was innocent. Yeah. 12 years. Who compensates someone for that time? Granted, they never find out that he's innocent. Really? No. At least not while he's alive. But, oh, spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we should have done that at the beginning of the episode. I forgot that this isn't our episode. This isn't our, um... Our Harry Potter, uh... Yeah, our book Episodes. But... (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. But, you know, he who compensates someone for that much time with all those dementors around torturing them? They're being tortured, essentially. Their souls that entire are being time. slowly torn away right. and torn away. Their happiness is non-existent. And then sucking out your soul? Like, what the fuck happened back in... Like, did they just... Man, you stole a loaf of bread. We're going to have to suck out your soul. <laughs> like, did I mean, someone do that back then? <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, considering you've seen how intense... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? <laughs> we just talked about him, too. How intense uh, Filch gets about punishing the students. So I could see... I could see that people would have gotten <laughs> sent to Azkaban for measly little things if if uh, Filch is willing to disembowel people. Yeah. Detention, disembowelment. <laughs> Which is another problem that I see 
for the schooling. <laughs> how was that? Like, how was that legal at any point of time? <laughs> Hanging and, him from chains and all this <laughs> other stuff that he keeps asking to do. Oh, Filch. <laughs> I worry about you. <laughs> that has been it for today's episode. If you would like to listen to the real episodes of The Poor Rapport, you can check it out and more at journeyintocomics.com, and you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you would liken... If you would liken... <laughs> Back yep. to this werewolf business. <laughs> if you... They're not the same thing. I get it. I don't want to hear the shit about it. I just wanted to make a joke out of my... If mistakes. you'd like to listen to more of us, you can find us on the Literature Podcast. <laughs> and you can find me on Butt Stuff Podcast as well, which is also with the Journey into Comics Network. Until then, bye. Bye.